This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, Warner Brothers makes a huge announcement about their entire slate of movies for 2021. We've got the most amazing Stanley audio you're ever going to hear, plus reviews of the live-action debut of Ahsoka Tano on The Mandalorian and The Queen's Gambit on Netflix, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, December 3rd. 2020. Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, the voice of Ezra Bridger on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock it. We nerd it. We funny. Disturb it. We jock it. We nerd it. We spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. What's up, listener? How's it going? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and a movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. And he's the Nerd. And joining us is Grand Moth Admiral Rugboy. <laughs> How you doing, Rugs? I've been tending to my garden. <laughs> Have you now? What are you growing there? I'm growing some goo. Are you? What, yeah. What kind? Oh, okay. Yeah. You, what's the matter? I can't grow goo? You can grow goo. Oh, grow goo. Yeah. Oh, I see. Jesus Christ. Uh, Dad jokes coming fast. Watch out, duck. It's a long way for a grow goo uh, joke. Our target market is like 35 to, <laughs> no, I would even go a little older, 39 to 52. I think that's the, the, what we're what? going for. All the Look, dad- I had two beers, okay? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> hey, all you dads listening, you can have that joke. What do you try, expect? Try that on your kids, uh, and they'll think you're super hip. Listen, there's a lot of more gross goo jokes. <laughs> gross goo. Is that like what it's man goo. Man goo. Mando goo. We'll get to the goo. Anthony, how's your moth doing? <laughs> My what? Moth and goo <laughs> in the same sense. You know, Grand Moth Gideon. How's I know. It? I know what you're saying. <laughs> what, what, do you, what is my moth? What does that refer to? I'm though? not sure. I always I, I don't hear moth Gideon. Like he has a pet moth. Yeah, somewhere? I, yeah. I picture him with a big fuzzy hat, hat like the British soldiers. I don't know. Is that a moth? I don't know what you call a moth. <laughs> well, fuzzy. Yes. Okay. Your moth. I'm just going to go with yes. Great. Sounds great. Let's dive According in. According to uh, Dave Jackson, we should stop all this fucking banter, huh? <laughs> this witty yeah. banter needs to stop, guys. Uh, Wait, what, what's that guy's podcast? <laughs> It's called the uh, which one podcast rodeo show or school oh, of podcasting so just just for reference because I guess we were, we're two insider Imran paid five bucks to this guy to review our show and he said we we don't get to the point lame not funny so. are you guys here for us to get to the point or you're here for to hear us bullshit well, yeah I don't right. know are people here us to, to, to get As to the Rug point Boy pointed out in a private chat so I'm gonna steal his thunder <laughs> this guy only has like two thousand Twitter followers what? so I don't know why Imran paid him five bucks to review the show <laughs> twice you might as well fun. just ask me. <laughs> I, I didn't know anything. Listen, that's the only way I could get honest feedback from someone I don't know. So, Podcast Rodeo Show, when it comes out, I will share the link. You could listen to the episode. It is quite hilarious. Fuck that we show. We should do a review of his review of us. I think we should do that for the Patreon. Live. We will, yes, we'll do that for maybe Patreon yeah, content. Yeah, we should review his thoughts on things. <laughs> yeah, we'll review him reviewing us. No, him reviewing. Well, we, you, you're the asshole who paid him to do yeah. it. Yeah, that's the only thing. Imran, is you're, you're kind of an asshole. You, it's you, like he just gave idiot. the guy like five bucks and just bent over <laughs> and like greased his oh, asshole shit. up. 
the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, it really is. It's it's, uh, it's, it's actually we we or well, I'll just put it on you. You end up looking like the dumbest person. Well, I'll write it off as a learning experience. That's all. <laughs> I you know I learn. Just here, take my ear and just from fuck me. My mistakes. It's uh, it, look, it's nice to hear somebody's comments who doesn't understand. Should the show. we start the news yet? Yes. Are we getting to the point? We're not. Fast no, no, no. I think you. we should wait just no. a few more seconds. <laughs> okay. And now. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Pay him five more bucks to review this episode. I We should troll him. Oh, we should totally do it. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. He's going to tell us how many followers that he really has. Um, That would be hilarious. Anyway. He's going to look up our followers and see that your show only has, like, what? I don't know, less than his, but whatever. Listen, he is the school of podcast He's the podcast But he's been doing it for, like, since 2005. Yeah, we've been b- podcasting since what 2015. Like, yeah, he, okay. get, he gets enough suckers to give him five bucks to him for him to shit but on ten their more show. years than we've been Listen, doing that it. podcast rodeo show. It's tons of episodes of people Look, giving him five dollars to in 10 years. If we don't have as many followers as him. OK, then we'll <laughs> then we can. Yeah, then we're then we're on the same. And he wins. Uh, Anthony. Yes. You sent me a fucking huge breaking news that broke today. Why don't you tell the listener what the fuck Warner Brothers is doing? This is insane huge so we thought it was just gonna be wonder woman but they announced today december 3rd that their entire slate of 2021 movies are gonna release in theaters but same day on hbo max oh shit this is crazy this is crazy this is crazy wow they just fucked over all this i think i think the ringer put out like did they just kill movie theaters i mean remember this announcement last week rugs you were like i was i kept saying is this the end of movie theaters every week and you're like it seems presumptuous well this is another solid nail uh, can, in the can, coffin can, I, can I read the movie list? Yes. Here? What is coming out day and date on HBO Max? It's crazy. This is what I dreamed of. So oh, we knew about Wonder Woman 1984. Christmas. But this also includes a movie we talked about, Godzilla vs. King Kong. Oh, shit. Suicide Wonder. Squad, Matrix 4, Dune, the new Space Jam movie. Um, and the other films include Little Things, Judas and the Black Messiah, Tom and Jerry, yeah. Mortal Kombat. I didn't know they were making yeah, Mortal the Kombat. Reboot. Those Who Wish Me Dead, The Conjuring. In the Heights, Reminiscent, Malignant, The Many Saints of Newark, King Richard, and Cry Macho. So a shit ton of movies. The Many Saints of Newark is the Sopranos prequel. In the Heights is Lin-Manuel Miranda's adaptation of his musical, which I'm dying to see that too. But pretty much for all of next year. these are these, This isn't small potatoes here. No, and it's the same thing. that It'll be out one month on HBO Max like they're doing with Wonder Woman. So if you don't have HBO Max... You're Holy just, shit! So let me ask you're you: not, this. You're not going to the movie. The, yeah. One, one thing on. Remember how on HBO Max? Sorry, Ron. I was saying, how do you freaking market this? Yes. Here we go. Well, here we go. Here out. we go. We're just going to release all our big things on HBO Max. This, you can get big movies on HBO Max. It, it's big dick energy. Yeah. Huge big dick energy <laughs> almost makes it better than the Disney Plus with all the Marvel movies. Now, almost. I mean, I guess now it does <laughs> yeah, because I would say the variety. They're not for sure. variety and Marvel's Dis- got movies that already came out. These are movies that haven't yes. come out yet. Disney now needs to do the same thing, go day and date with all their fucking movies. But this is huge for HBO Max, but not huge for no. exhibitors and the movie theaters. Do you this think is this pissed. is going to get people to sign up? Absolutely. I think so, yes. Absolutely. People. How long do you think before it starts to fucking happen? Like, I think, think I think Christmas? we're starting with Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a huge get. Everyone's going to want to sign up because it's it, just the ver- like the, ver- you know, we were criticizing Disney because it's all kind of the same. Yeah. 
This is all different things. This is like, a, these are different fan bases. And it's not kitty stuff. It's R-rated shit to kid shit. It's a well, wide, Jam, variety. Yeah. Yeah. wide variety. Yeah. I'm just on the on the app itself. It's not, you know, you're not going to find any R-rated content on Disney Plus. HBO Max has everything. The hope is that these movies you you see these movies and then you finally go, "Oh my god, HBO Max actually has a lot of shit. I didn't realize this. It's not just HBO. Yeah. Uh, a couple of uh, Fallout stories. I found uh, theater stocks plunge after Warner's uh, announces oh, yeah. this. Uh, AMC's, the head Hissed. of AMC, this is what he said. This dude's name is AMC Theater CEO Adam Aron responded to the big announcement, and it's clear that he's not pleased. He says these coronavirus-impacted times are uncharted waters for all of us, which is why AMC signed on to an HBO Max exception to customary practices for one film only. Wonder Woman 1984 being released by Warner Brothers at Christmas when the pandemic appears that it will be at its height. However, Warner now hopes to do this for all their 2021 theatrical movies, despite the likelihood that with vaccines right around the corner, the theater business is expected to recover. You know what's crazy? It's clearly they they didn't even know that uh, Warner's was going to make this move. They didn't tell well, anyone and just fucking announced it. Oh, shit. I mean, I'm surprised the head of AMC had time to do anything when he should be liquidating all his assets and getting the fuck no, he, out of No, they're doing that. They're, they're also doing that as well. He's like, let me get the fuck out of here. He's sell, trying, sell everything. Yes, he's trying to leverage. <laughs> sell the popcorn. So, yeah, sell the machines, <laughs> sell the kernels. Jesus Christ, all the sticky carpets and all the cutouts. Uh, so then he continues. He goes, clearly, Warner Media intends to sacrifice a considerable portion of the profitability of its movie studio division and that of its production partners and filmmakers to subsidize its HBO Max startup. Do you agree with that? This is they are they're 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 taking a loss for banking that they're going to grow their well, subscribers. They need to get their app on the map, right? Right now they're nice app on the map. I like that. That's that rhyme. That was that's good. beer. Okay, um, somebody <laughs> trademark beer that. did that. <laughs> um, no, they need to get their app on the map. Like we were talking about this last week. Like, what is Warner Brothers? And now this, all of a sudden, you're like, holy shit! Like all these movies are being released. This is like shit that would have been in the theater that would have had to pay to see. Yeah. So. Let's fucking do this. Warner Brothers is the amazing place where you can watch first run movies from the comfort of your home. So he finishes saying, as for AMC, we will do all in our power to ensure that Warner does not do so at our expense. We will aggressively pursue economic terms that preserve our business. We have already commenced immediate urgent dialogue with the leaders of Warner. He's not happy. Other studios are certainly not going to be happy. But they're giving him a month in the theater at least, you know? Yeah. They're release And they're like, like... I know it's going to take a lot of the piss out of it, but I mean, let's be honest. Like people aren't people who want to go to the theater are going to go. Right. People who are not going to go, they're not going to go anyway. And I still think that exhibitors get a cut of the sales from everything. So I don't know. I think it's me tough when you put it on same day at home. Why go I to think, the theaters? Why? Yeah. Why? Who's going? Why am I going now? Well, if you we'll, have a we'll, shitty we'll setup, us go. Fuck no! If I could just watch it at home. No, I just got a great uh. setup. Yeah, yeah we were just talking about he's got a new surround sound system. Yeah, I think I think this is a, a huge death blow in a theater. I saw a 50-inch TV at Target with Smart TV, $329. Oh, shit. Why would you go to the theaters when you could buy a TV for so cheap, get a nice sound system? The shit is dope. And by the time the coronavirus vaccine you know hits and everything's like maybe normal, Yeah, I think 
if especially if this continues with other studios, maybe p- people will just be conditioned to now well, be like, why would I ever go? That's I'm, the first question. Once you pull out the rabbit yep. out of the head, it's hard to put yep. it back. That's my first question. I don't question. know if that's a hundred percent true. I think people are going to be itching to do anything, like anything, mm-hmm. like literally anything that's not what they've been doing for the past year. They're just going to want some variety. But so I think if they do come back, it's going to be gangbusters. But like, I'm talking about theaters. But like, yeah, like what are they going to do? They're fucking up their whole um. Think about letting these things pile up. They're just piling up on each other by that being released. So they have to do something. Although it's, yeah. it will be a shame again, like Godzilla versus Kong to see Dune. That's supposed to be this beautiful, epic fucking thing on a smaller screen. Oh, yeah. The, the theater experience is still something that can be is unmatched. And they're just going to have to evolve, right? Like I think maybe more VIP service at movie yep. theaters where you're getting served meals and things like, I don't know. I'm saying bubbles. Just put bubbles in. I'm telling you guys, put in oh, bubbles. Shit. I'll go to the fucking movie theater. <laughs> what could they do more? Like, I mean, they did the reserve seating, which was right. great. Great. They yes. got reclining seats where you're literally lying down in comfort. Yeah. I mean, most theaters now are, I mean, they're, they're offering IMAX or they have some sort of, or even like their regular theaters are, are more. Oh, I know. Better sound. No, better. Let Dolby. Let me Dolby. fucking vape some weed in their movie theaters. Then I'll fucking show up. I don't up. know if you're going to be able to no, go get do that. that. Damn it. I think, the, I think, I think the, the food, I think combining it with something like a, a good, a good restaurant attached. I don't know. The 4D. You got 4D. Is that too much? Beer. That's too much. Beer. There's some restaurant. I mean, there's, there's a lot some of beer movies that serve yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of beer ones now. There's a lot of some that have bars. AMC's. Some of them have bars. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I guess not I don't here really have for it. some reason. But really, that's strange. I mean, it, the, in the dumpsters that you go watch movies. I watch movies in a theater. I just sleep in. <laughs> Projected on the alley wall on a sheet. Right, Rux. <laughs> Sorry, we made a puppet joke, Dave. <laughs> oh, watch out! Is it a puppet joke or he's homeless? Are I don't you tuning out, guys? <laughs> I don't want to hear a puppet. I don't get it. He's a puppet on an audio podcast. Uh, So one important thing is theatrical windows. The old model was three months. The movie would be in the theater three months. I think that's gone uh, for for, it's going to be gone. That's not going to exist anymore. They've just demolished. Maybe that's the way that they are able to save movie theaters is they go. We'll go one month on HBO Max, but then the next two months. Then take it off and then go back. There's three months total in the theater. So you can't watch it anywhere else, but you have ah, to go back to the For the, the next two months until it comes back. I don't know back. if that's going to, it's maybe negligible if they have any sort of cost. I do like they're creating an urgency with, it's only going to be on one month. So everyone's going to have to watch it right away. Oh, so here's a couple other interesting things that sweeten the yeah, deal. Yeah. Well, the one month thing though, most movies make their money in one month. Right. In the first weekend. First yeah, two that's weeks. why I yeah. think <laughs> it shouldn't be one month online. I think it should be like two weeks. You got that's two weeks to watch idea. it. And if you don't watch it in two weeks, fuck you. You two don't really week. want to watch it. Oh, you want it shorter, huh? And two then if you got to watch it, go, out, wait, go watch it in the movie theater. Like every other schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, lots of theaters are closed now. So, you know, they just given have they? I don't know if they've given up on the whole next year, but they're definitely hedging their bets. And, and at the same time. I, I, yeah, I think they're just looking at it and going 2021. Even with this stuff around the corner, supposedly, it's just too, it's too volatile. I mean, they're we talking, just don't know. Yeah. I mean, they're talking vaccines are coming, but they keep saying, no, you know, every, the regular people aren't going to get it until the summertime or later. And even there's then, there's still too many unknowns, there's right? way too many variables. We're talking about going into deep next year. Like we're talking about around this time next year. Yeah. Like a year from, yeah. Yeah. And Fuck. then actually making it through into the spring. I think that's when it's going to start getting in 
Did I hear a, a phone? Somebody blowing you up, Anthony? I got a little. I got slid into my DMs. <laughs> Get out of the DMs. <laughs> Was it Heather Antos? Oh, she found you too. Oh shit. Oh, no, um, she, she went in already. She's, she's tag teaming all three of us. Uh, two interesting things. When Wonder Woman does come out December 25th, day and date on HBO Max, it will be the first title on HBO Max that will be in 4K with full support rugs for Dolby Vision and Atmos Sound. Geek boner. Whoa. Uh, so HBO Max is now stepping up and they're giving you HDR 4K, all the formats. Uh, which Netflix already has. And then this is probably the funniest and smartest thing they did. HBO Max just ended their seven-day free trial offer. Good. What? Yeah, before Wonder Woman comes out. Oh, that's a smart Right, because that's what I, I was like. Just sign up for the seven-day trial, watch it, and cancel it. No, They're not that stupid. No, you can't do that anymore. So now you sign up, and you're in, and they're going to keep you all year because now all these big fucking Warner Bros. movies are going to come right into your living room. It's fucking insane. This is what's going to happen. You're going to watch Wonder Woman's, but before you watch Wonder Woman's, going to have all the trailers of all the movies that have come out on HBO. And you're going to be like, oh, fuck, I'm going to want to keep this shit. Yeah, they just put out a trailer uh, of all their new movies and logos and saying, for the first time ever, released at the same time, and they showed all the logos that you just mentioned. And fuck, dude, like Suicide Squad, Matrix 4, Godzilla vs. Kong. This is unbelievable. This it's is yeah, fucking wild. I just just want to just take one second to just recognize that we're living in a fucking crazy ass time that we're like, we're going to be able to talk about this to our, our children. If we ever have them and our children's children, if they ever have listen, we, there was a time where like fucking everybody had to fucking adapt to this shit. And we're watching it happen in front of us, and it's just crazy. This is like big changes. This has never happened before. No, this is all unprecedented big changes that is going to have an impact. It's nuts. For years. Uh, and I'm glad we're alive to see it. You know who I wish was alive? Who? Stanley. Oh, well, speaking of which, I have some amazing audio to share about Stan Lee. Does he say Spider-Man? In oh, it? he says a lot of things, you guys. This is uh, this was amazing. I've been dying to, been dying to share this all, all week. Excelsior. I'm going to set it up with this, Rugs. This is from a dude named Aaron Fromm. Uh, he's, Where is he from? He, from <laughs> Jesus. From. Jesus Christ. That's also a. I'm doing, I'm doing fucking lame ass jokes. Also, Just get, go with it. I'm, I'm drinking. It's also a brand of dog food. Aaron Fromm was an editor and sound designer who apparently worked with Stan Lee for a while during Stan's later years uh, and posted this thing on YouTube. He sh- it's a short animation that he made. He animated use audio that Fromm recorded uh, one night during their time together. So I'll post the link in the show notes to watch this, but the audio is gold. From when I was 19 years old till I was 28, I got the chance to work with Stan Lee. He was the best. This is a real recording from one of my favorite memories of the old man. I don't say it because I don't say dirty words, but it seems to me that that so-called dirty word is probably the most useful word in the English language. Right. Because it could be a verb, it could be a noun, it could be anything. He's absolutely right. Ah, that fucking thing, that's no good, you know. No! Fuck you, that makes it a verb. Oh, shit. And no matter how you... There's no sentence where you couldn't use it to great advantage. And I'm going to start a movement. I want to legalize and legitimize the word fuck. 
Yes. One of the great words in any language. I think we just need an Excelsior. I think Excelsior. <laughs> no, that's not right. Excelsior. Excelsior. Fucking fantastic. <laughs> you get that fist up in the air, you weren't looking. Your head was down. I want your head up when I throw my fist in the air. I want you paying attention. I don't want you looking there when I'm emoting. Jesus. The fuck's going on here? What the fuck are you all standing around for? That's so good when he says it. <laughs> well, these are all drops. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Stan just keeps on giving. Fuck you. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you, Stanley. That fuck you, Stanley. I love you. Oh, I love you, Stanley, and fuck you too. Oh, those are all drops that are going into the show immediately, and I'm, you, I want, you knew I, I, I always, want you looking at me when I emote. Yes, when I shove my fist in the air. Look up at me when I throw my fist in I you always knew that he swore, and you'd know I would imagine what it sounded like, and it sounded just like that. Exacto Mondo. Rugs, give me a fucking Excelsior and your best Stanley. Fucking Excelsior. <laughs> Stanley swearing is the uh, best. What the fuck? Uh, listener, join our Facebook group to join the conversation. Leave us your thoughts. It's called the Jock and Nerd Nation. It's closed. It's exclusive. It's just for you. And it's a great place for jocks and nerds and geeks and freaks and everybody. Come join us, won't you? Okay, let's get to the Mando, you fuckers. Come on, baby. Do the magic hand thing. We are up to uh, Mandalorian Chapter 13, Season 2, Episode 5, Chapter 13, called The Jedi. Geek Boner. Uh, and I mean, the title alone, holy fuck. Here is your spoilers. Trap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. This episode, 45 minutes long, written and directed by Dave Filoni. Who loves Star Wars, and it's obvious, he and he's uh, from Star Wars Rebels. Uh, Ratings-wise, guys, this fucking show is on a, a ratings upswing. It's super buzzy. The Mandalorian becomes the first Disney Plus show to make Nielsen's streaming top ten list, oh, which is generally all fucking Netflix shows. So uh, the week of October 26th, it was third behind Queen's Gambit. And The Office on Netflix, another show. Oh, shit. We, the we, Office? Yeah, people still love The Office, dude. What the The fuck? Office is a year, a seven, a years old sitcom. You've still, seen it already. Still, no kidding. Just, Thanks for telling us. People just love to have it on, and they keep streaming. Uh, but yeah, Queen's Gambit, The Office, Mandalorian, and then Shit's Creek is number four. People love the Shit's Creek also. And then another list The Mandalorian made it on. from uh, This is from Variety. The Top Power Franchises. The boldest, most thought-provoking, according to a new survey from National Research Group, top three franchises, Disney Plus's The Mandalorian, Marvel's Avengers Films, and Netflix's Stranger Things. Geek boner! These are your top power franchises. Uh, so I think what's funny is they don't mention Star Wars, but specifically The Mandalorian. The Star Wars kind of shit the bed over there. Well, The Mando is actually doing shit right. And this thing absolutely... Brings it back. Anthony. Yes. What happens from uh, the layman's terms in this week's Mando? Holy shit, what an episode. I need to know what you think happened. Um, so the Mandalorian is looking for Exoka Tano. Yes. He finds her on this planet. Exoka Tano is not Japanese. I was very surprised to see that. It's a very uh, Japanese name. I was not expecting yeah. a uh, orange-black woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She's an alien. But, uh, whatever. <laughs> oh, so cool. Shit. She's on this planet because there's this planet's being ruled by this tyrant that's like Bruce Lee's niece. I think. God, Godchild, yes. Godchild, and uh, 
she's trying to save this planet and she's like at war with this thing and uh, with these people. Mando comes there. He's looking for her. He gets in good with the niece of Bruce Lee or granddaughter. <laughs> the magistrate. To, to find Exokatano as to kill her, but he's not really there to kill her. He's there to find her and give her baby Yoda, whose name is now Grogu. He's a freaking Jedi that uh, has suppressed his powers Grogu. because he was uh, he didn't want to give up that he was a Jedi because he's being persecuted. So he's real fucking dark, and Exokatano doesn't want to train him. But his powers come out when he's hanging out with uh, the Mandalorian dude. Yeah. But they decide uh, she Mandalorian wants him to train her. She goes, well, you got to do something for me. So he gets cuts, caught up in this bullshit again where he <laughs> yeah. has to do something to get move yep. on. So they have to save this town. They save the town, and she goes back on her work and doesn't <laughs> want to train him and says, well, now you got to go somewhere else, and maybe if he, someone will send some, then they can train that Grogu motherfucker. The mission so, has been you reset. You have a new mission, new destination. Yeah, I mean- <laughs> I mean, Imran, you ever watched the A Team? Yeah, this was like you ever watched Knight Rider? Yeah, it was ever. It was uh, it was the villain a week though. It was every episode. Yeah, it was, was the villain like, of the week. You had, you had the thing that you, yeah. you know, fucking Knight Rider show up and some girl with big tits and say, uh, and say like, <laughs> I need your help with fucking oh, this guy. Shit. And then Knight Rider would go and fucking Michael. fuck up this guy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, him and Kit would drive off into the sunset and bang the girl. I mean, Equalizer. And you ever watch Equalizer, where yeah. the guy put? A- I'm not. I'm not saying it's a no, bad it's thing. No, so it's just saying that this is, is it, what this is the formula. formula. They went yeah. back to an old yes, like '80s formula. Absolutely. For show. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of it, it's working. So for people who did not grow up watching those shows, it seems like oh, this is repetitive as shit. But that was like normal back in the day. To watch a show where the same shit happens literally every Every week. Every show was like self-contained and it was formula, yeah. But this is different because there's a narrative that's weaving through it. Yeah. And so that, and not only that, but it's also tying together all this old lore in with it. So it's like, it it makes it, so it's on one level, it's like fucking basic 80s show. Right. But on another level, it's fucking... A lore show. It's got a fucking big overarching thing that's going to happen that has big ramifications. So it's it's interesting. It's, amazing, it's a very interesting show. It's amazing sci-fi western action comedy uh, thing. But dude, so much. Just got the internet going crazy. So much shit happened. We got Baby Yoda's name. Fucking backstory. Ahsoka Tano rugs. Let's start there. I got to ask you. Historic live action debut of the former Jedi Padawan. Ahsoka Tano, Rosario Dawson looked amazing. Uh, the character also created, co-created by Dave Filoni. Right. Did they nail it? I think it's about as good as it's going to get. I mean, Ahsoka's uh, obviously aged a lot. I mean, she's about the same age as Baby Yoda, I would say. Because in, um, when you first, in, in Clone Wars, she's like a teenager, right? Yeah. She's like, she's like a very young Padawan, like a very, like, they're like, you're way too young to be a Padawan. So she was like re- really young to get to that level of be- of actually being in the field. Like when you're a Padawan, you're not no longer like learning. You've already proven yourself to go into the field and help an actual Jedi Knight. Yeah. So you have to be able to fucking fight. You have to be able to fucking do shit. And they assigned her to Anakin because they were both alike. They were both like, like kind of like, uh, loose cannons a little bit. So that's crazy. So this is a character that knew Anakin really well. Yes. Very close. Trained by him and upstaged him at every single time. Um, Made some mistakes, fucked up a bunch of times, got sucked, embroiled in some crazy shit. But 
So she's made her bones, but she's always been talented. Does she always have the white lightsabers? Dual- no, those are she she had one lightsaber for a while. And the thing that she does in this episode that's Ahsoka Tano is she does the reverse grip. So Oh, where it's behind point, you, where the saber is where, behind. No, where she the saber is, is going underneath her, her pinky. Right. And underneath her hand. Right. And then she fights that way. Like yeah. that's like her that's her signature thing. Badass. And she she does that after she loses the lightsaber into the water and then she like fucking flips it around she does that i'm like as soon as she did that i was like out of my seat <laughs> i was <laughs> fucking like yes like, they did shit. it how do you how do you fix a lightsaber that gets wet do you put it in a bag with rice isn't it funny that the company that made movies that could piss you off so much with this latest stream of star wars can still make you get out of your seat with the tv this show? is the best star wars fucking thing since the original trilogy that they've made yet the tv show made me jump out of my seat also and I think that has to do with Dave Filoni. No, that's what I'm saying. This t- the TV show is making you jump out of the seat, but that same company produces the movies that made you go, "What the fuck? These well, things suck. These are fuck terrible." That show. Yeah, it's just, look. The thing is, it's that I'm coming in with knowing her from a Dave Filoni universe yeah. that he kind of guided a lot of stuff. So it's like if you see a character come to fruition on, like when you first see Cap. You know, in Marvel, you yeah. know, you've read this character and now here he is. Right. And so you've seen this character as a cartoon, but now they're here they are. So it, it, it makes it more exciting. Uh, but, um, you know, I really don't think this is the last we're going to see of her. No way. No, when no, there's no way you cast Rosario Dawson. See, it seemed like role. so far these cameos, nobody's returned. There's only three episodes uh, left. I think Ahsoka Tano is getting her own I, show. She might be, but I was wondering if we were going to see her again I this mean, season. In a lot of ways, so. she already had a Rhodes show, but like, uh, yeah, yeah. Was, Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. So, um, I mean, she, she comes in and she ends up being stealing every show. And like, I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, John Campia. Yeah. He hates Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. He's not a Ahsoka Tano fan. You're absolutely because, right. Because, because of that reason, like all of a sudden he'll want to watch Anakin, but then all of a sudden it's all Ahsoka because she, she took Ahsoka over. Ahsoka completely yeah. steals the show and like all of a sudden it's about I her. mean, she's a badass character and like I loved in this episode, they didn't fucking wait right at the beginning, just her disappearing in the fog and you were, and, and just it was so satisfying that her fighting uh, the with the lady with the Beskar, which and now yeah. you learn that lightsabers can't cut through Beskar. Oh, I did not know that. Well, the, you always knew that Beskar was lightsaber resistant. It was lightsaber resistant. I didn't very think resistant. it could hold up to like a lightsaber like banging up against it like that. Dude, they pulled off a lightsaber battle with only one other person having a lightsaber. I mean, how awesome. Geek boner. And it was fucking beautiful. And I appreciated the whole Japanese aesthetic of the episode. The one thing that I'll say about this and is that if you've watched the Clone Wars, yeah. like Ahsoka Tano is way, I mean, because she's animated. Yeah. She's way like more of like a ninja, like fly. I mean, they tried to do it, but it's nowhere to the level of acrobatics that she does. She's on that flying show. around all the time doing the jump, yeah, jump attacks like, and leap yeah, attacks. She's just like crazy. She's like, I mean, the, the lightsaber battles. That, I mean, I, I sent you the lightsaber battle with Darth yeah, Maul, which is one amazing. of the best ones. Yeah, that one's fun. I mean, to watch. Yeah, she like does flips, these kicks, flips, and and all these things. And they tried older, to do that. She's older here, though. Also, yeah, they tried to do that here, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. The the animation is just so on a different level of like uh, of of non real. I mean, there's things where she's leaping like 
hundreds of feet. Right, right. Flipping through the air and landing like Iron Man and well, shit. Well, and you see that in like uh, the prequels and some of the movies when they're they're jumping up and down these platforms. Yeah. Kind of so, flying. I mean, they tried to do that here. Yeah. And I think, you know, they have like a budget. They have, they have to, they only have certain things they can do. But like I a really. 45 year old woman. Yes, yeah. Rosario Dawson. That, <laughs> or however yeah. old she is. Yeah. I think she might be approaching that age. Yeah. But like. I think she did a great job. Badass. I think, dude. I mean, she's like, she's older. Like, Ahsoka uh, is basically like, so Anakin uh, Skywalker, when he's Darth Vader, he's what, like in his mid 50s? Yeah. So when he when dies he, in, in Jedi, he's got, what, how old is he? 60? He's got to be in his mid 50s. Mid 50s. So she's older so than Ahsoka that. Tano's maybe like, maybe like oh, maybe younger. 10 years younger, younger than him. Right, right, right. So right. she's 45 then. So yeah. she's got to be around 50 right, now. Right. So she's <laughs> age appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, Rosario Dawson is forty one well, for what okay. it's worth. Yeah. Actually it one other, one quick thing about, about the Anakin. Yeah. That was actually the the thing I found most interesting is that she was affiliated with Anakin so she knows like what the dark what darkness can do. And she I like that they've that. added an edge to, yeah. to Grogu where he's not just this cutesy thing, but now you're like, wait a minute, like could he turn bad? Like there's something there's things within him that make his character now more than just a cuddly kids thing yeah, right yeah. like he he has, he has a lot more depth to him now he can communicate he has this attachment to the mandalorian but as ahsoka tano mentioned he's kind of a wild card now well and she does she what she says the line where she's referencing anakin why she refuses to train him because of his emotions and his connections and she's he's seen too, that he's been suppressed for yeah. so long and yeah. she says i've seen that can make even the best jedi vulnerable to corruption and she's talking about Anakin. Like, she's seen that happen. Let's talk about that whole fucking, the whole scene with Baby Yoda and, and uh, Ahsoka Tano. Named Grogu, you Grogu. I, it's going to take me a while. <laughs> Baby Yoda rolls to, off the to tongue. To get used easier. to calling him Grogu. But the fucking training scene was fantastic. First of all, this backstory, the child was a Jedi youngling in training at the temple in Coruscant when the Empire comes to power at the end of the Clone Wars. They hide him. He essentially escapes Order 66, Rocks. Oh, shit. Yeah. He escapes Order 66. There's a few Jedi that escape Order 66. Who saved him? How much was he trained? Uh, and I love the callback to him getting the metal ball in the beginning, and, and Mando puts it in his pocket. I mean, I have a theory that Palpatine actually saved him for himself. Oh, shit. Oh, oh. shit. Because, you know, he's... he's uh, rug theory. A yeah, rug theory. Be- because... Uh, the reason is that you don't really know. We don't really know a lot about the Yoda. Uh, I guess the Yoda race or whatever the alien yeah. race. We don't even know if they're aliens. We have no right. idea about them. We only know that there's only been two: is a female and a male, Yoda and Yaddle. There was Yaddle. Well, I'm surprised they didn't go with a Y name for him and just went. Grogu. And uh, Grogu is um, is now a third, and they're very, very powerful. With the force, they have a high midichlorian count. Yep, yep. If you're going to go in that fucking direction, but yep. so it, if you're going to fuck around with uh, DNA and midichlorians and shit and do experiments, which you know that Palpatine does, because that's how they fucking brought him back. Maybe he took him to do experiments to on stash him. him. Yeah, and then how did he get found again? But and so now my theory on who. My, I got there, there's two things that's going to happen. Like, okay, so Mando. Uh, goes along on the mission with Ahsoka to fucking go up against this lady, the the magistrate. Yeah. And after it's done, he's like, "You made a promise to me. You're gonna train him." Yeah. And of course, in every fucking fashion of this uh, this show, 
nobody ever pays up and gives him what he wants. Well, I didn't they think always... they're not splitting up Mando and Baby Yoda because it was he was legit sad. And it was amazing how just with his body motion and his voice, he's like, OK, wait here. I'll go get him. And I was like, holy shit, he is sad. He doesn't want to give him up. And I was like, you can't split him up. So narratively, that's how they're going to keep them together. No, no, they're, they're not. Get, yeah, they got to keep them together. But like, so she's like, I'm not going to train him, but I'm going to tell you what to do. You're going to go to this fucking Jedi planet. Tython. And you're going to sit him on a rock. Yes, the seeing stone. And he's going to reach out and then someone's going to answer the call. And if he wants. Who's going to answer the call? Well, so here are the current Jedi that are alive during this time. Him. Am I? Okay, well, you'll fill it in later. So he he's going to sit there. And a Jedi is going to reach out, and he can choose to, to see him. And it may be more than one Jedi. Here's all the Jedi alive right now. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Leia Organa. Right. Ezra Bridger from Star Wars Rebels. Right. There's Ahsoka Tano, of course. That's right. There's Cal Kestis, who is from the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order video game. I think game. That's, my, that, that's, a, that's a strong... That's a strong bet. So right this there. is this would be amazing because Cal Kestis is played by Cameron Moynihan in the game. It's a fantastic game. He does a great job. Cal also escapes Order sixty six yeah. in oh, the game. Shit. And then there's a lady named Sarah Junda who is a, a, a Jedi that helps Cal later in the game. But they're from Fallen Order. But why not? They could pull in fucking the video game guy. They already got the actor to look like him. Who am I missing on this list? Mace Windu. I thought he's dead. No, he's not. What? Well, look. What? <laughs> Nerds. Um, just like the man, just like Boba Fett's supposed to be dead, Samuel L. Jackson has been campaigning for Mace Windu to not be dead. Oh, okay. All right, and he made a big argument of it. He, he, he laid his case out at some convention. Whoa. He said, look, Luke Skywalker. So if you don't remember, um, Palpatine, who becomes Darth Sidious, uh, fights Mace Windu. Right. And then um, Darth Vader which is uh, Anakin chops his hand off. Right. And then he gets force lightning out the window oh, and, then and you don't supposedly falls to his death. Ah. But if you ever watch Mace Windu, he could fucking fly that dude. Yeah. He's a Jedi. Right? He could fly and land on his feet with the force. Like he's fallen. He's jumped off shit like miles high and landed on his feet. Oh my God. Imagine so that, Sam that Jackson. That wouldn't kill him. Um, the next episode. People who get shot with, with, with force lightning seem to survive. Yoda got. Yeah. Shot with Fort Lu- yeah. Force Lightning, Luke, Luke got shot, yeah, yeah. and they survived. Yeah. So and so, getting your heart and chopped off. Everybody gets their hand chopped off. So and they and they're fine. So there's nothing concrete that says that he's dead. Oh fuck! Oh shit! And we know that there's going to be some kind. You know, Samuel L. Jackson's been campaigning for Disney to hire him. Imagine too. Jules and just there's shows talk up. of a there's talk of a Mace Windu show too. And he's like, give me my lightsaber. It's the one that says "bad motherfucker" on it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so it could be Mace again. Windu. Say what again, Mace Luke? Windu. Uh, Mace Windu would be amazing. I, as much as I'm torn, because I love that we're getting lightsabers and Force and Jedi, and there's no fucking Skywalker drama anywhere. I love that. But at the same time, Anthony, have you seen Sebastian Stan's Photoshop? Somebody Photoshop him. He looks just like fucking Luke Skywalker. He oh, looks shit. like Mark Hamill, a younger Mark Hamill. I would be okay with bringing him in as Luke Skywalker. Yes. <laughs> well, if they did a Han Solo movie, they can do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Sure. Look, look, and he's already on the payroll. You already got him playing one role on the fucking thing. Just yeah, put him I in mean, here. Yeah, it's an easy thing to do. So The only thing is, is this is, you know, obviously fan yeah. art. Does he want to do yeah, it? Yeah, that's true. Are they planning to do it? 
this goes back to the argument that maybe on Patreon where fans are influencing something well, more so than what's in what's in the. You know plan. what's interesting, and I, I mentioned it there, but I'll give you the details here. Uh, so Sasha Banks got the role. Uh, they saw her on Hot Ones doing a Hot Ones episode. She's hot. She's hot. And she was eating fucking wings, and this that got her the role of the Mandalorian. Uh, uh, Rosario Dawson's story is amazing. How she got this casting. Someone tweeted to Boss Logic, I believe, how about Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano? Boss Logic retweets it with his fan art of her as Ahsoka Tano. She retweets that whole thing going, um, yes, I would love to do it. Dave Filoni sees this, and this is way before they even shot anything on The Mandalorian. Remembers it, puts it in his back pocket, and they had cast her before season one. She was, uh, she's been keeping the secret since then. In fact, that one photo that came out in season one of George Lucas holding baby Yoda on set. It was like when, before the first season came out, she is just off screen in that photo, standing there in full of oh, gear shooting the thing. So they've been keeping. And remember, I was like, I hope they have another big secret this. And they did. And it was Grogu and this shit. And I mean, no, we, we there knew. was something bigger here. What's that? The return of Michael Bean. Oh, Come fuck, on I now. About that. Oh, Michael Bean is laying. He's I got no quarrel with you. He's so old. I got no quarrel with you, Mandalorian. I, honestly, I was watching and I'm like, is that Michael I didn't Bean? Recognize or is that just some old yes. guy that kind of looks like Michael Poor Bean? Or Kyle Reese's age. I didn't recognize yeah. him. Not till the credits hit where I was like, oh my God, that was Michael that Bean. That scene he looks was great. Not like yeah. Michael Bean. He's old. That scene was great because that was like a classic Western shootout. Western. You know, draw. A lot of. Uh, a lot of Akira Kurosawa yes, type there's stuff. There's another in this, uh, in Easter egg, Filoni, inspired by Akira Kurosawa's movie Yojimbo. And in fact, the plot is kind of the basic plot of the movie he uses in this episode. Well, there's even a shot that's from Seven Samurai, too. Oh, in there. shit. Oh, yeah. shit. That they recreate. Uh, more Easter eggs. Ahsoka, if you didn't know anybody, I looked some stuff up. Rugs probably know this, but she's an alien species known as the Togruta. They're yeah. not Japanese. They're I not Japanese. They're alien, native to the planet. Shili. Legitimately, I did not know what Ahsoka Tano looked like, and I was like, wait a minute. Not Japanese. What did you think, though, when you first saw her look? Then I was like, oh, I think I've seen this. Yeah, on, like I, I've seen some of this on Clone Wars. I was like, oh, this character, now I know what she looks like. Yeah. That's what that is. I mean, it almost looked CGI initially. I was like, holy fuck, look, she was glowing in the lights. It looks so good. So she's from the planet Shili. The tails that... Chili? Shili. Oh. Shit, not chili. Chilies. She goes, she works at the chilies. Not taco meat. So Gruta taco meat. Uh, it's not a headdress, her tails, but it's part of her body. I was like, I wondered, what are those made out of? They are. I mean, it's made to like kind of ape Egyptian stuff. Yes, but there are tentacles. There are appendages yeah. that may even help her. Oh, really? Access the force. Yes. Huh. That's like the, the girl from Fifth Element. Yes. It's a lot that like girl that. girl had like hair, yeah. whereas not really hair. And you see a lot of alien species in Star Wars that have like tentacles coming out of their heads and wrapping around. It's just another thing with that. But it may actually help her with the Force. And uh, you already mentioned the lady who played the magistrate, Diana Lee Inosanto. She is an experienced martial artist and stuntwoman trained by her father, Don Inosanto, who is a student and friend of Bruce Lee. Diana is Bruce Lee's godchild. If we had Bellotti on this episode, I think he would have creamed himself. Right? That he knew. Talking about. He knew. Do you think he recognized her? Bellotti, yeah. (laughs) And then the other big drop, Ruggs. Turns out Ahsoka Tano is looking for the magistrate's leader, who is Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah. What's the deal with that? And his pocket protector pens. (laughs) Explain Thrawn, Brock boy. 
I love prawns. Prawns are yummy. Right, thrawn like shrimp is, is a is a chiss. He's a chiss. First of all, he's all right, and he a, comes, what? He's a chiss. And um, you, that means he's me? a. What'd you call he's me? A, I know we're talking about chess later. Is it pronounced chess? No, it's not no, no. chess. It's he's a chiss. chiss. <laughs> and uh, it sounds like a, it sounds pejorative. It sounds like anyway. What you call me? You chiss. Yeah, call me that. Don't call me a fucking chiss. You're a fucking chiss. Anyway, look at that fucking chiss over there. <laughs> fucking chiss anyway, right a chiss is a blue skinned dude yes. with uh, red eyes, yeah. and um, uh, basically, if uh, the way that a lot of people describe it is, and I'm stealing this from some website that I read, but um, the Vulcans in Star Trek are like these brainy, like logic based, uh, super high reasoning people, and the chiss are like the same way. They're like they're super smart fucking aliens. They want yeah, to take they're, over. They're, they're they're playing chess with you. They're playing chess with you. Uh, canonically, uh, Thrawn comes from the extended universe. Uh, there's a series of books. He's the big bad in Rebels, and then he is the big bad in Star Wars Rebels. But before that, there's a trilogy: Heir to the Empire, uh, which written by Timothy Zahn, who invented Thrawn. And a lot of people regard this as like the best post original trilogy story you're ever going to yeah. read because. Thrawn in the trilogy goes up against Han Solo, Luke, Chewie, Lando. They're all there. Uh, and it continues the story. Well, Lucasfilm made that the legends and not canon, but now they just name drop this. So what, what was he doing in Rebels? What can we tie in? The last thing that I remember. Okay, so Thrawn is like one of these bad guys that's kind of like Moriarty in like Sherlock Holmes, like where he just likes to toy with people. Is he part of the Empire? Yeah. Okay. So he's Grand Admiral. That means that he's he's either on the same level or I think he's if than a Moff. I think if you're a Grand Moff, you're on the same level as a Grand Yeah, I think Admiral. a Moff is lower than a Grand Admiral. So a Admiral. Moff is probably lower. So I think that Admiral Thrawn is probably definitely outranks Moff Gideon. But Thrawn came in and swept up the remaining empire after it yeah. went down. And so in Rebels, basically, he he wanted to stamp out the, these rebels really bad so he started to like just fuck with them and like going in just fuck with them individually and just kind of toy with them and lead them into traps and kind of just he's playing chess with them you know? <laughs> chess playing chess he so he, everything he does is like a chess game and um eventually ezra bridger fucking brings all of these uh these space whales okay <laughs> that um to attack his ship and and basically um warp him in far away on the onto the outer rims where they can't he can't ever get back. Okay. Just strand so him. So basically they yeah. just made him go away yeah. into deep space. But Ezra's there with him. Oh shit. So I don't know if Ezra is like being poisoned by him or oh, fuck. maybe they're stuck in the fucking middle of nowhere together and they're just fucking like hanging out. So Thrawn, or, Thrawn's a big dude and to see him live action would be crazy. So um I think if we see we see Thrawn, we're going to see Ezra Bridger. That's all I'm saying. So I don't know what happens next. Do we see Boba Fett again? Do any of those cameos come back? Does Bo-Katan come back? Does Ahsoka come back? Is it just... I mean, if they know what they're doing, they're, all of this shit's going to come to fruition, and there's, it's going to be a big... There's going to be a big to-do about all these characters coming back at some point. Not a big fuck-up right there. Not a big fuck-up. Fuck that oh, shit. That's a big fuck-up right there. Well, the next episode actually is 35 minutes. It's the shortest episode yet. So it may be like a fillery episode, but they only have three left. They got to fucking get this and, going. And by the time you listen to the show, you will have been speculating on something you've that already you seen. you've already seen. So let's skip this part and just rate the episode. 
What would you give it, Anthony? Because of the enthusiasm from all the Star Wars fans. Oh, they loved it. They loved it so much, and the sites that I read, they loved it so much. And I did find it to be entertaining, so I'll go. And I liked the the, the Grogu thing, um, him having a, a being a little bit more of a wild card. So I'll go eight. Okay, nice, Brugs. What would you give this? What did you think overall? I'm gonna say that just for the okay. So Bo-Katan, one thing, all right. You got you got the. It was like kind of like a warm up. It was like okay, here yeah. is the realization of an animated character being brought to life with the character who does the voice. Crazy shit. Anyhow, now you got another character, fucking name drops of all this other shit that could happen. You got the promise of fucking death troopers, all this stuff. It's culminating into this really cool conversation. It's not just about the mission of the week. We're talking about deep lore. I'm fucking getting invested into this show. I didn't. I didn't like the show this much last year. Right? No, you didn't. You right. were more into it for sure. Yeah. I'm for maybe it's because they're bringing in yeah. Clone Wars. Yeah. I love it when they bring in stuff that and they're tying and it all relates and they're showing you that it's a connected universe and it fucking matters that you're you're a real fan. You're gonna really you're gonna really fucking get the most out of it. You know, you could still enjoy it, but I mean, you're really getting payback. For watching all the Clone Wars and shit. I think it's made you know? Rebels and Clone Wars almost essential viewing now. It works both ways. They're giving you stuff that like I pays know off. that like I know that casual fans are probably like, you guys are fucking just shut the fuck you up. You gotta go back and watch Rebels yeah. and, and Clone Wars just, now. You guys, you need to get yourselves you cut the shit. You know, like, you watch the fucking cartoon. <laughs> yeah. All right, <laughs> but I'm getting the enjoyment out of this. Yeah. It's great. I can't, I can't hide it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting like Imran. I, I can't. Uh, <laughs> I honestly, before you give your rating, yeah. I mean, I, this is the most enthusiasm I've ever heard on Rogue Boy. Like, this is, especially something that isn't. Um, I'll tell you why. A big, you know, something that's not based on an IP that we've seen for years and years and years yeah. and years. I'll tell you why because when, just like I fucking beat beat up people when they fuck up big time, you do beat up people, and when they make huge blunders, I want to reward the fact that. And I want to recognize the fact that I know they're doing the right thing here. Yeah. I mean, look, they can screw it up at any moment. At this moment in time, they're they're doing like service to Star Wars. They're actually making Star Wars better. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing it by, all right, we're checking a box here. We're going to fucking. No, they're like saying, OK, these are characters that people love and that we've developed and we know that that they work. And we're going to fucking bring them in, and we're and we're creating new characters like the like like Mandalorian, the Marshall is kind of new, the, yeah. We're no Grogu's new. Every there's a lot Grogu of new. Is Moff new. Gideon yeah. is new. Moff Gideon is they're new. They're all new, yeah. And then old, and, and, and but it, it's working, yeah. It's this is a good culmination. This is when it works. That's how you do it, and yeah, and it's it nice works. To on see a, you give praise to something that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but look, I'm like, listen, I know, um. I'm skeptical as fuck. It's going to work out in the end. We we've seen this before. We've seen Game of Thrones happen, yeah. right? We live in a world where we were all ready for the fucking last season of Game of Thrones, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, we were all disappointed. So things can happen, but in this moment, just this time right now, they they're they're doing they're the right nailing thing. it. Yeah. So I'm going to give them a nine. Oh shit! Oh, that's the highest score I think I've ever given anything. <laughs> probably in probably, all yeah. of time not even because the episode was good like not even because it was just like a decent episode it was because the character lore stuff 
the fact that it's coming together and yeah. there's so much more to look forward to yep. because of the anticipation of, okay, who's going to be the fucking guy? What's the fucking story with Grogu? Like, who fucking hit him? Like, Admiral Thrawn, are we going to see his ass? Or is, is, are we going to see Bo-Katan and everybody come back? Is fucking Boba Fett going to come? And if he comes, who, who's he coming on? Like, I don't know. But, like, it, it's like... um it's a lot. There's a lot of Yes, there is. I'm gonna give it nine too, and for exactly that same reason. Like, it's not the best episode, but the payoff is coming. Yeah, I don't think it's the best directed episode. Right. I thought he did I don't a good job. Filoni, which is okay. He's done four other episodes. He's getting better. It's it's but different than you know it, cartoons. I'll I'll make an analogy. It's like when a comic book has shitty art, right? But it's still but it's still good because you know like it's gonna fucking pay off. But I love little things. Like the line where he goes, a Mandalorian and a Jedi, they'll never see it coming. So fucking badass. I love the music. It's Ludwig Gordonson who did Black Panther. Does fantastic work. The music has been top notch. And then just the beautiful samurai slash Western n- nature of this episode. Fucking not. I, like I said earlier, this is the best thing Star Wars has made since like the original trilogy and then like rogue one and then this oh shit i mean this is it's 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 so good and it's so satisfying uh we do have to mention the passing of uh one david prowess who was the guy who played darth vader he was inside the costume passed away he's the guy in the suit he's the guy in the suit at age 85 did he play Anakin or was there someone else playing Anakin? No. So this was the the kind of the craziest thing about him doing this. It wasn't him. Originally, when he did this role, they were shooting. He was doing the lines. Anthony, I don't know if you've heard this story. No, I don't care. And wait, <laughs> listen, it's interesting. So they're shooting this movie. He's doing the lines. And clearly, it's obvious through the mask, just like Bane, he can't understand a fuck he's saying. And David Prowse goes to George Lucas like, George, no one's going to be able to understand me. I'm talking to this mask. And George is like, don't worry. We'll redub it later. Well, they finish shooting in London. They get back to the U.S. David Prowess is in London expecting a call to do the voiceover. What do they do? They go get James Earl Jones. Oh, shit. Like the best voiceover guy ever to do the voiceover. But David Prowess was okay with it. Um, But then another rub, as in Jedi, when Luke does take his mask off, that is also not him. They didn't even use him then. That's a complete other guy. Why? He wasn't white and pasty enough? <laughs> I guess not. He wasn't bald and wrinkly enough to be in that suit. But uh, he, you know. I mean, not Luke, Darth. You said Luke. Da- sorry, Darth. He was. Uh, I was very confused there. No, he's Luke's yeah, dad. I, yeah. But uh, IGN, you know, he's Darth Vader, one of the greatest movie villains of all time. And just his stature and his body type. He's a big dude. He's a big dude, over six feet tall. He was like a boxer and a wrestler. And his presence uh, just I will always remember like the first time you see Darth Vader. I think everybody does because you're like, holy fuck, who is that guy? But the look, I mean, it, it's all encompassing. But the voice is really the voice and the body language, though. James the body language is part is important. I, I think the body language is important, but I think it's the, the costume design and the voice. It's everything in collaboration working together. Yeah. It's they, I yeah. mean, it, maybe one weighs a little bit more than the yeah, other. Yeah, there's definitely. Uh, a, I think body a language would be the third thing. David, but David Prowse had to fucking hold his arms up and and emote <laughs> and gesture and hold the dude up. Well, look, the, look at the guy who people. plays the Mandalorian. Like, who do you give credit to? Is Pedro Pascal even in the fucking suit? Oh, you don't wow. know. Probably not ever. Why you, just, you? you could just dump it over. Why even show up to shoot the fucking show? Before we take a quick break, I do want to remind. 
the listener, it's the holiday time, guys, right? You guys are probably shopping. You're going to Amazon, buying things, of course, because you don't want to go to the stores because there's Corona everywhere. Oh, shit. Uh, but if you're using Amazon, we do have an affiliate link. It helps us out. doesn't cost you anything. Just visit jockandnerd.com slash Amazon, and it will take you to regular Amazon, but you will be using our affiliate link. Jock and Nerd. And the other thing you could do is we there's sales at our shop, jockandnerd.com slash shop, our public shop. December 9th through 11th, everything site-wide up to 35% off. You can get some cheap t-shirts, masks, face masks, tumblers, hoodies, things to stay warm. So while you're shopping. Tumblers, do they come in black? Yes, it's my favorite color. Oh, shit. (laughs) That's a Batman joke. (laughs) Anyways, check all that shit out. We're going to take a quick break, play some promos, and we're going to be right back to talk about chess. Not chiss, but actual chess after this. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm one of the hosts of Massive Late Fee. Do you remember Blockbuster? Well, we do, and we racked up a lot of late fees there. That's why we're glad there's things like Netflix, Hulu, and Blockbuster has died, mostly because of us. We cover streaming shows and pretty much whatever we want. Join us every Thursday as we talk TV and movies on Massive Late Fee. You can find us at Massive Late Fee on Twitter, Massive Late Fee on Facebook. You can email the show at Massive Late Fee at Gmail. Email.com, and you can find us at MySpace, Massive Late Fee. Massive Late Fee, the best podcast we can think of. Called the Working Man's Nerdist, Tales from the Fandom is a weekly podcast where David talks with a guest about the fandoms that they love. Whether it's classics like Star Trek, Star Wars and Tolkien, or new ones like Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. Anime, books, TV shows, movies, role-playing, video games, cosplay and more are discussed. Each episode is different, based on the guest. No fandom is too big or too small. Subscribe to Tales from the Fandom and join in on the fun. Listener, if you enjoy the show and want to support us and tip us on a monthly or one-time basis, join our fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Where as little as $3 a month, you can sign up and get bonus content uh, and early access to all the shows in the form of an exclusive RSS feed just for our listeners. There's now annual membership, so you can sign up for a month or sign up for the year. Got to shout out a couple of people. Thank you to Jay Davis for increasing from $3 a month to the Whoa. $10 a month tier. Awesome. That means he gets to pick a movie. That's the you pick it tier, listener. You give That's us $10 awesome. a buck a, m- a month or more. You can choose any movie and force us to review it. You guys, he has picked his movie. This is so great. His, oh, great. This is good. Right? His movie pick is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the 90s. Oh, shit. You're having trouble speaking. I can't talk today. TMNT, the original 90s, of course, with the animatronic heads. I love that movie. I haven't seen it. Eddie Reyes Jr., I, I yes. haven't watched that movie since I was a kid, but I've always thought I enjoyed it. So yeah, same. We'll Me see. neither. I, haven't I seen actually it have a high regard for this movie. We're going to find out if it holds up uh, when we it do does. your pick. That's amazing. Also, shout out to our buddy, Dope Pope. He sent in a $120 donation. Yeah. <laughs> or as I like to call him, D- Dopey Pope. Dopey Pope. Uh, I like referring to him as the dopest of popes. He is the dopest of popes. Make sure you check out his stuff on Instagram, Dope Pope. I will put a link in the show notes. He is an amazing 3D artist. 
and makes amazing kaiju art and 3D uh, models and things to print out. And he uh, he sent us a donation before. He used our PayPal link. So if you don't want a monthly thing, you can send us a one-time thing. There is a PayPal link on our website for one-time donations. Thank you so much, Dope. Missed you by uh, not G-Fest this year. Uh, yeah, man. You know, I was love I've, seeing I, these guys. Especially in the time of Corona. Or the dude that pony up dough, right? I, I, I just, I love you, dope. Dope Pope is the best, a man. prince. Yeah, Talking nerd. Uh, and if you signed up, you would have heard bonus content like my instant recap reaction to the episode we just talked about, Mandalorian, the Jedi, and there's a new jock talk. Their bottom is is very weak. It's where are you gonna find sports talk only on our Patreon? Me and me and Jock, me and the Jock, Chaz Hubbard. Chaz, jocking it out. You guys doing what jocks do. Whatever that is. You're not your balls. You're not your balls. My balls was hot. Get all that. Let them walk. We we do the shows actually in jock straps. So (laughs) although there's no visual component, we're sitting there with our ass just hanging out. You should Instagram that. I can feel it. Just sitting on the chair, just having fun. I absolutely got that vibe when I listened to the show. It's like you guys are just. Did you like the recap, by the way? Yeah. What was it? Just me criticizing you the entire recap of the show. The write up. Oh yeah, I love that. That's why yeah. I have to post it as not me because people are like, "Why are you insulting yourself when you're posting yeah. these things?" Imran sucks at sports. I, this is know, why we're this, doing this. This is why I hate sports because I suck at sports. I don't yeah. hate them. I just don't care. Anyways, right. com slash. If you were good at them, you would probably care. Oh yeah, if I was good at it. Speaking of sports, the show we're talking about is it a sport? I can't wait to find out. Let's get to our review, which is another a show that's even buzzier than fucking Mandalorian right now. It is the Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Here's your spoilers. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Prepare to be spoiled! This amazing seven-episode miniseries is based on a Walter Tevis 1983 novel called The Queen's Gambit, created for Netflix by Scott Frank and Alan Scott, and written and directed by Scott Frank. Rotten Tomatoes, this thing's 100%. On the Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, shit. People are- 100%? 100%. Uh, Get the fuck out of here. Average, it says 100%. What's the average critic there, rating? There's no average critic rating oh. on this. It just hmm. says all critics, top critics. Netflix has said when the show came out, Queen's Gambit had drawn 62 million global viewers to become the company's biggest scripted limited series. Oh, shit. People are definitely talking about this, which is why we are reviewing it. Because I watched it, and then Ruggs watched it, and then Anthony watched it. Anthony. Yes. Start us off. Uh, I guess if you want to explain the plot, I'm sure people. Sure. I'll just give a quick premise. It's this girl that is an orphan with kind of a fucked up pass gets into chess by playing with the janitor at the orphanage. And uh, she's basically a child prodigy, and it's her journey through. Uh, the chess world in the fifties and six, the sixties, I believe. Yep. Where she's like the only girl doing this, and she's dealing with all her inner demons from her being an orphan and her parents, her mom, and then her step, her uh, and her. What would you call that? Uh, mom adopt, that's a, adopted, my adopted, adopted mother, mom. Yeah. right? Yeah. So all those things, along with her being a girl and then playing chess and going up against the evil Russians. So it's it's uh, yeah. It's a, that's it. Well, that's what it is. And I mean, it's an amazing story. It's a sports chess movie, yeah. but with like uh, demons. It's an underdog sports movie. Uh, of course, the girl Beth Harmon, fictional Beth Harmon, chess prodigy, played brilliantly by Anya Taylor Joy. Bill Camp playing Mr. Scheibel, the janitor, 
that kind of teaches her how to play chess in the basement in that first like origin episode. And he just lives in the basement. And he lives there and sometimes he mops the floor. When he never does any janitor things. He just sports. sits in the basement and fucking plays chess. Uh, but what did you think of uh, this uh, this journey of this underdog? I mean, these are athletes. This is a sports movie. Shut up. <laughs> oh, shit. No, no, you don't <laughs> no, agree? No, they're not. I wouldn't go athletes. I wouldn't go that far. Um, Why not? They're training. They study. They train. They do the same thing athletes what is, what, do. What, what, what are they doing that's athletic? They're tra- They're looking at... You know how... Football players look at gameplay of other teams. They're studying the other opponents' games, other games. They train themselves with these speed rounds, speed chess. It's all working on muscle memory. It's how is it any different? You're you're kidding yourself. Anyways, I'm not even going to answer that because that, that's just such a stupid thing to say. <laughs> um, what did I think of this? Yeah, I want to first get into how I got into this show. Yes. So everyone's talking about this show. Number one, you know, you Rugboy mentioned he was watching it. Um, but the big thing that actually got me into it was that forgettable New Mutants movie and just watching Anya Taylor-Joy yeah. be somewhat charismatic as magic and going, oh, everyone's talking about this and she's in that show, so now I'm going to watch that. Um, overall, I would say the show, I liked it, first off. I found it to be entertaining. I think it's a good like COVID, you're staying at home type show. It's a where great it's just escape. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I did find it to be a bit overhyped. I didn't think it was the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life or that it was worth all this praise, but I think it's just a very solid show that I think because everyone's staying home and doesn't have many things to do, it's just the right show at the right time and about a, a subject matter that no one really has seen on TV I mean, before. It, it makes chess kind of sexy. It, uh, it made it oh, more... Oh, chess sets are going Yeah, going people are buying chess right sets. Now. Online chess has new visitors. People are Googling how to play chess. Uh, so it bring, it's bringing new players to this game, which is fun. Rugs, what did you think? I think it's... Uh, let's just put uh, things out there. It's a seven-episode thing. Yeah. It's not a big commitment. No, it's a one-and-done like, right. season. Yeah. It's great. So first of all, it's not a huge thing. It's less than, remember, Stranger Things was eight episodes. This is seven. Yeah. Um, it should be a one and done. I don't think there should be another season. Yeah, but, I think this is fine. But um, it was interesting. Like, I don't want to go back to chess again. Like, I'm this was enough. Yeah. But I liked it because it was, now, there are, I have some unanswered questions. I have things, whatever. But, like, overall, I think it was very uh, compelling, right? Yeah, very compelling. It made me want to watch the next episode. I felt like invested in her journey. Um, I thought, you know, she's a flawed character. I like flawed characters. I don't like Mary Sue's. I mean, like she could have been a Mary Sue. She's like a fucking child prodigy, right? But she had demons and that made her interesting. She failed. She fucked up. She wasn't she, undefeatable, which was important. Yeah. Yes. So um, I think all of those things made it more interesting and um, than just a regular show about chess. And then they had like the nineteen uh like eighties like Rocky Four like like uh, against Russia thing you know it's Rocky with chess absolutely <laughs> it's Rocky with chess <laughs> exactly so what you know he and then you know she goes and learns Russian and she hears them talk about her and she knows what they're saying and you know she fucks like people and doesn't give a shit about them <laughs> well you see her become a wild girl which is also fun yeah you know and uh, the last two episodes are great yeah so I mean like, overall like. It was compelling. I was into the story. Um, I knew it wasn't in for a long ride. It was only a short uh, little thing. Makes it was a, easy. It was a period piece. 
and it was done well. Like it captured the spirit of the time and it brought me into a new world that I'd never seen before. And now I feel like I know about a little bit about, I don't know shit about chess, but I know that there's tournaments and you can enter them. And, and there's moves and the moves and have it, names. Yeah, moves that, and then people study Sicilian, the shit. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that about that. You didn't really need to know chess to enjoy the show. I still don't understand how they name the fucking squares. Like, what the format is. Well, how do you know? Like, it's where do they start? King to knight six. What the fuck does that mean? I still can't knight figure six that shit. It would be like six rows six up, up from the one yeah, over from where the knight would have been starting, I believe. I I knew how to play chess when I was a kid, and I forgot it. Completely. Well, that was my other question. You guys have you guys? I know that chess? the knight moves like an L, and that's yeah. I I know how to play chess. I used to think I was actually pretty good at chess oh, as yeah. a kid. Oh yeah. Then I played someone that actually was good at chess, and I did was like, oh, I don't know shit <laughs> yes. about chess. No, that, I mean I know I know all the way all the move players the pieces move. That's but, exactly uh, what happened to me. Yeah. I my dad would taught me how to play chess. I remember, and I enjoyed it. And I remember even one time I finally fucking beat him. Oh yeah. I was like, oh shit, I beat my dad. But then when I realized what. Really Real chess play was i was like oh no 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 but i do remember it is a game where you're thinking fucking six moves ahead in every direction and the way they visualized her looking seeing the chess game and on the ceiling was so fucking cool it was amazing i loved that that little style the visualization because a lot of chess players say they they will look off and they'll visualize the game in their head or they'll see it and she's i mean see her seeing it is so cool what's next a starcraft movie i mean i don't know yeah warcraft i mean uh, I love that it, it brought you into this world, and it's a fictional I mean, character in this real life. Real life. I remember the industry. last time that I I played chess. Yeah, I was in Cancun, and it was like one of those life size chess things where the pieces are as big as you. <laughs> yeah, oh, and shit. I was shit faced, <laughs> and I was like, I fell over like the king, and oh, I that, fucking. That, that's over. the only way to really play yeah. chess. I figured they were going to do that at least once in the show. The they one did where it. you were the you were the chess piece, and you have to move. And no, I didn't yeah, do that. But it's like they had those giant like. That's They're fucking these hilarious. giant wooden pieces that you just move and you're like shit faced and you're like, ah. I've seen those. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the last chess game. And I lost. I but, think this was a uh, kind of a I, I found I found her to be good. I think a lot of people will frame this as like a star making performance. Yeah, for She's Taylor getting an Joy. Emmy nomination for sure. Come on. She's amazing in this. I thought she was good. I thought she I, I thought she was really solid. I, it's, she, this was more in her wheelhouse than having a Russian accent. Yeah, that was horrible. That was horrible. <laughs> but was she, that? I mean, she has charisma, yeah, right? Like, she yeah. just has this presence about her. She does. Um, her look whether just she's when, playing magic or she's playing a chess player, which it just works. Just that shot of her, you know, looking up from the chessboard. And I love how they showed you that, like, instead of watching the game, she's watching the player. Kind of like a poker game, almost. Like, you're trying to read well, the and other She guy. did a really good job. Because, like, that character um, in other hands could be, like, kind of, like, stuck up. Yeah. And a little bit, like like a little too aloof to be relatable, but she, she did just enough where she's like, she's kind of a weirdo, but she's also like, you can relate to just, if you you can see why she is the way she is. And you, you're kind of also rooting for her. So was it realistic to you? Cause part of me was like, she's a little too attractive and uh, you know, to be in this environment that like, it's obviously, I mean, I, I, polished. I find her, I find her to be somewhat attractive. I don't really, I'm she's not, attractive. Over the moon. I like I'm her not really right. over the moon for her, but like, the um, but I think that she did a good job, and she was fun to look at. She had she has like really interesting eyes. Yeah, they're kind yeah. of wide they, apart. They they kind of like yeah, they kind of draw you in. Oh yeah, they're wide apart. Yeah, it's like a little bit wider apart. <laughs> that's when that's where Imran goes with you. You go. She has interesting eyes, and he she he goes to like a defect in her I face. A defect. I, that's I, what makes I, it interesting. Well, I just I saw her in a movie where she plays like a like a, a bioengineered. 
person yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or she, and, um, this is early on in her career and she looked a little different. And I realized it's because she fell down the stairs and knocked out her forefront teeth. Oh shit. Really? Oh, she had to have shit. like replacements put in. Oh, I know what that's like. And so she looks a little different than I remember. <laughs> so I, so um, I, I can relate to that. Yeah, me and your dentures. Yeah. Me and my fucking implants. I took so, off all that. Fuck it. For some reason, since I know that, like, I'm like, Oh, I, I have this, like, it's, it's a weird disconnect. I'm like, Oh, I remember she looks, looked a little different. Um, but, uh, she's attractive and, um, that's not the reason why I like the show though. I like, I think one of the things that kind of got me, like, I couldn't quite get my head around it is what happened with the mom and the dad, uh, her, her, oh, her mother, the birth the parent? no, the birth parents like, or adopted. Yeah. Parents? Cause like that, it was a staggered, uh, story told out of time context. I, th- I think I could explain and I couldn't it piece I it together uh, with any kind of real, I I didn't get it. I I think I might be able to explain it since I just saw the show, but uh, I believe her mom couldn't really afford to have a kid, so she went to the dad and like just threw it on him, like, "Hey, this by the way, this is your daughter," and he was like, "Get the like, no, like this is not. I'm not but, gonna take responsibility." And then she decided to have them. She wanted to commit suicide and kill but both, he, kill both but of he them. But he came. He came. He came to be with her and the kid, and she kicked him out. Oh, are you talking about their adoptive the, parents? No, no, I'm talking about her mom. I think in the beginning of the movie, her mother was in a thing, and the, the guy came in the car and says, if I'm leaving and I'm never going to come back, if you don't take me in now, and she didn't want him. But, and they were and living in this away. trailer. Like, she removed her, her and her daughter and lived in this so he wanted oh, remote about that. so that's the birth parents you're talking about. Yeah. Basically, she, she went, like, so there's a little bit of... Uh, mental uh situation in beth orton's you know genes her mom went crazy and wanted to kill both of them it's basically what it comes down to uh, that's what i got out of it like even the dad couldn't talk any sense to her but this is no where- I, I i don't know if that i thought it, i thought it was like she was trying to make a last ditch effort with the dad or something and, and well i think there was a happened, mental illness thing him. too i think imran's right about that there was yeah a- no i that i agree with i'm just saying i don't think she went to the dad and, and the dad was trying to convince them not to kill you I think she went to the dad for like some sort of effort to like fig- fix this, and then he said no, and that's what drove her to be like, okay, I'm killing both of us. Yeah, that's a, the only thing that kind of threw me off is like, why did the dad go to the trailer to try and get back into her life if she was crazy? Well, and I think and- the mental illness is part of maybe her where her her skill comes from. You know, it's kind of they didn't really delve too much into that. I thought, they yeah, were- they, I, I felt like they they left a lot of unanswered questions and and. If this was a one-off, they should have at least attempted to kind of like clear that up a little bit more. I loved her relationship but, with her adopted mom. How like she kind of let her, you know, do stuff. But then once she realized that this child's bringing in money, playing chess games, like they they connected more. And it was I thought sad. that was a great. Yeah, I thought it was great, and I liked that she was already kind of screwed up because of her mom. But then her adopted mom like helped her a lot, right? Like encouraged her to be in chess and did all these things for her. But then also like she adopted the alcoholism yeah, from her adopted yeah. mom. So like. You, you can it's just not only nature but like nurture too like you can adopt things from different influences in your life and and it make it and it influences you in in positive and negative ways and that on top of the fact that she got hooked on tranquilizers while in the in the foster home they're giving kids tranquilizers and that well, she learned that from yeah. uh Jolene. this is gonna Jolene, I was gonna say the black Jolene, chick. Jolene, who comes back at the end, once uh, she's like a big celebrity star. What did you guys think of the other supporting cast? The guys were good. I like Benny. Benny Watts was kind of fun. Uh, the first guy that beats her because I was like, somebody has to beat her. 
and she does get beaten by Benny and Borgoff. Yeah, they were good. I think everybody I was t- fine. Yeah, I thought everyone. I didn't think anyone stood out more, more or less. But the only thing I found kind of cheesy at the end is, like, although it's like a cool moment when they all, all the people she's fucked and the male chess players that she's been around get together. I was like, <laughs> how would they get to? How would they even know each other? How would Baltic know? <laughs> they, how would no, they're chess how would players. Benny even reach out to Baltic? Baltic is just like the best guy in Kentucky. Yeah, in, in Benny's the, the yeah, best guy in very, fucking U.S. Like, who gives a fuck about the best guy in Kentucky? <laughs> Listen, it's a chess group. Everybody knows everybody else. I guess everyone, it's everyone the knows chess each community. other. It's a small world. And how would they know the twins? Those guys. Who gives a fuck everybody, about the twins? They're like the best guys in Lexington. Everybody knew those guys. Yeah, on their way up. <laughs> But, you know, it's just a moment in the show. I mean, it made chess, like, exciting, intense, and, like, the whole thing to adjourn is crazy, where you can pause and write down your your uh, your move in an envelope and then give it back. And then when he offers the draw at the end and she's like, fuck no, let's keep going. Like, she could have taken that. Uh, even the commentary, the guy on the radio giving the commentary with the chess game, very exciting. couple of Easter eggs. You mentioned Lexington, Kentucky is the backdrop for most of his show, but they shot this in Berlin. In Canada, Ontario. None of it oh. shot in Berlin. Yes, Berlin, Germany. Oh, in Ontario. Is that where they Canada. did the Russian stuff? They must have. They that probably did a lot of it there. Yeah, in Canada, it was probably Kentucky. They did employ former world champion Gary Kasparov and New York City chess coach Bruce Pandolfini as consultants. Uh, and they said it's the most. Bruce Pandolfini Pan- get uh, Gandolfini <laughs> out of the grave. Yeah, no, he's dead. <laughs> he can't make it. Pandolfini mm. though. Pandolfini is around. They said making it the most successful screen adaptations of the game. So all those games, they had to memorize the move. Like they all choreographed every game, every game in the background, every game you see the speed rounds. But then the actors. I, I was thinking about that. that. I was thinking it's about crazy. that during the show. Yeah. I was going. If a real chess player is watching, are they like, yes, oh, well, yes. this is actually it's what they're legit. describing is happening? It's all legit chess play hmm. made by these guys, Kasparov and Pandolfini. But then on top of that, imagine being the, the talent and you have to memorize every fucking move. Uh, and playing multiple games at once is the most insane thing. I've seen people do it in person. The chess thing is pretty crazy. It's fucking wild. It's wild. So... Uh, and then this uh, another Easter egg, even though the show is set in the 60s, women were not allowed to play in the World Chess Championship until the 80s, Hungarian player Judith Polgar became youngest chess grandmaster in history at just 50 in 91. Hmm. And she didn't want to play women's tournaments. She played against the men. Uh, what else? Yeah, that's about it. I mean, there's what movies. is the Queen's Gambit? Him? Oh, so the Queen's Gambit is a move in chess. A gambit is your opening move in which a player will sacrifice pieces to gain a positive position later. The Queen's Gambit is the most popular gambit, and although most gambits are said to be unsound against perfect play, the Queen's Gambit is said to be the exception. And in the last episode, it's the move Beth opens with in her second match against Berghoff, where she wins, uh, and he plays right into it. The objective of the Queen's Gambit is to temporarily sacrifice a pawn to gain control of the center of the board. All that strategy they're talking, how they think about... Like, it was crazy. It was like planning a war. How much thought has to go into learning all these moves? Well, you got to know all the moves that are possible. And then all the counters to the to those moves. I mean, chess is an interesting game. fucking nuts. That, that's why they say this isn't checkers. This is chess. This is like, checkers. Like, referring to, like, next level, like, high level strategy and things like that. It's a great, I mean, and the guy, uh, Tevis, who wrote the book, he also wrote The Hustler and Color of Money. So he likes writing pool books and chess books. Chiss books. What do you guys, give it a rating, Anthony. What would you rate this? 
I think I kind of gave away where I'm going to put yeah. this. I thought I thought it was a solid Netflix COVID show. I wasn't blown away, but I also was engaged enough to watch the first episode and keep going, especially once Anya Taylor John- Johnson, Anya Taylor Joy, <laughs> she's a joy, um, showed up in the second episode, yeah. and I was kind of a th- enthralled by her character. So I'm going to go seven point five. Okay, Rugs, what are you going to give it? Jesus, he told, stole my score. Oh, he did. Uh, we. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck you, Anthony. 7. I didn't 5. say that. <laughs> seven point five. Seven point five as well. I was. I feel like it could have been an eight. Um, if a little, some of the other things like panned out a little bit more. But I think overall, it was very satisfying. So I think that everybody should watch it if they if they're into like giving it a chance. Yeah, check it out. This has got to be like the first show ever where we review two things. Yeah. And Ruggs is, he, is and he's on just board with both saying of good things. Oh, my like, God. That never happens. Without really and much like to, to, to criticize. No. This is amazing. I mean, like I did have questions about uh, things. But I mean, look, at the end of the day, they do what the, what's right for the character. They introduce the character. She has a strength and she has a weakness. And she has a weakness and there's growth and, and there's an arc and, and there's redemption. Yeah, she has a bad guy. And the, she's got a bad guy. She's got people along the way that are bad guys that become friends with her. All these things, she's got people working against her. She's got people working with her. And then, I mean, she's a little bit detached and that kind of, you know, whatever. But I mean, I think for seven episodes, I'm not really going to quibble about that. It's just, yeah. it's over. It, if it was like 13 episodes and I was like wasted another day of my yeah, life or yeah. whatever, trying to. It was like a Marvel Netflix season. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I fucking love it. I fucking loved it. I fucking, uh, it's an amazing underdog story. The time period, they nailed the set, the costume, the music, the visual style, the storytelling, how they show chests on the ceiling. I'm giving it a nine. It's fucking great. And one and done, it doesn't need any more. It's, a, and it, it's, a, it, it hooks you, and I couldn't stop watching it. Uh, I thought it was very, very good. There's my rating. Uh, I found this. Did you guys know that there's a thing called chess boxing? What? Oh, shit. Do you punch a guy after you do a move? It's <laughs> literally that. The idea is to combine the number one thinking sport with the number one fighting sport. And you play chess and then you get up and you box. Uh, there's a world chess boxing organization, the WCBO. Uh, and I, so I found some videos. I was like, holy fuck. Trap yourselves in, you fucks. Whoops. I, oh, I like shit. Drunk, drunk chess. Drunk chess boxing. This is the type of thing that Imran finds. Would you do chess boxing? Head. I'm like, no, what this the is fuck so, is chess boxing? This is so stupid. It's a legit thing. Look it up. Anyways. It's not a legit it's thing. It's real. It's a thing people yeah, I'm do. sure it's real, but it's not a legit. No, one, no one's looking at this and going, chess boxing. you know what? This is the next sport. This is the thing. <laughs> it's going to be right there next to esports. It's happening and drone racing. All of these things are going to be legit big time sports. Anyways, let's do news from the nation. Esports. It's hot for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Yo, I got crazy things happened this week. Uh, we got seven new iTunes Apple Podcast reviews. Oh, shit. Wow. All five stars. Now, so suddenly these pop up. It's amazing. Six of them all had something in common. They all said five stars. Love it. Great show. Shout out 
to Roberto Rivera for the recommendation. Holy, Holy shit, boss. Uh, Roberto Rivera doing, Rivera doing the Lord's work on our Apple Podcast review page. That guy's so what does this tell you here? So I told him, thank you. And he goes, I got you. I'm trying to see if I can get more. Um, Roberto said, we should start a challenge. Person with the most referrals gets a free T-shirt and a movie review. I'll put up two T-shirts oh, and shit. a fucking mask. Oh, oh shit. shit. He said, I'll sponsor the cost I'll, for the shirt. Rugs, uh, I'll pay upping. for it. Okay. I'll fucking pay for it. This is a great idea of referring, putting the referral in Apple Podcast Reviews. But also what's important, Roberto Rivera, everybody, when you are rating, subscribe to the show. Because really, if we can run this, like, I'll, let's run this for a few months until February. Tell your friends to put your name in the Apple Podcast review. Tell them to rate it and tell them to subscribe. If we can build this momentum of subscriptions, ratings, and reviews, holy shit, we could do some damage over there yeah. on Apple Podcasts. I think, look, this just illustrates what a fan or a listener that wants to help the show, they could easily do that. You have you have five, six friends, you know, from, make them do it. From Bear one person make, yeah. can make a... Re- one person really can make a difference. I'm pumped. But yeah, yeah I will forego one expensive bottle of bourbon to buy two shirts and a mask. Roberto just generated six referrals. Like whoever has the most referrals by, let's say, February, uh, we're gonna, you're going to get this prize from a rug boy putting it up. So I'm just going to say thank you to Inelia R., Janelli Bonilla, Cybera95, Steph Rivera, and DJ B-Top. For all their reviews. Nerd. Now, I will read the seventh review. Oh. Oh, also shout out Miss Rivera 33. Uh, the seventh review is from uh, someone named Pagan Youper. Oh, you guys remember Pagan Youper? Yeah, he didn't like our Borat podcast. Listener, exactly. Right. Pagan Rupert has left a new podcast review. It's five stars. Oh, shit. It says redemption, and then he's got the emoji of the guy throwing his hands up going, eh, what are you going to do? Redemption, yeah, it's me, the fella that gave you the one-star review for the Borat 2 podcast. We be different, but y'all are cool by me, except for you, rug boy. I want to take you on my oh, really? I want to take you on my next combat deployment with me. <laughs> See who's a snowflake. Oh shit. Pagan Uber. And you know what? First of all, you can't really you can't really backpedal <laughs> out of being a baby about something. Sorry. <laughs> Listen. First of all, Pagan Uber, thank you for your service. First of all. Absolutely. Second of all, you have my permission to take Rug Boy into battle. Absolutely active battle. The boy needs to learn. How's he going to be a rug man without that experience? And third of all, Pagan you're all right, too, man. I love that you put this I mean, back. the dude's not afraid of bullets. <laughs> no, he's not. He shouldn't be <laughs> that, afraid. That doesn't seem to bother him. <laughs> but, oh, you know, shit. other things bother him. Pagan's all right. Right, Anthony? Comment? Listen, thank you for the review. I appreciate it. Listen, I'm an asshole. What yeah, are you in there? That's his, that's his I, 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 Yeah, he's he's great. I, 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 I think I wasn't... Uh, I think I don't think I was part of the criticism the first time. So. <laughs> well, I don't like listen. Look, <laughs> th- this is an illustration of somebody who, yeah. who gave us who, who li- maybe listened and said, "You know what? Fuck it!" Like you know, look, we can all get stars. along. The point yeah, here is, we go yeah, five yeah, stars. No, it is a good example of someone that's like, all right, you know, I, I had a disagreement, but fuck it. Like we might not agree on everything, 
But as he puts it, we be different, oh, but you all are cool by me. Like, I'm, it's not, like, I'm not against pay. I think the fact that he did that makes me fucking love him a lot more. Absolutely. You know Peyton, Peyton Uber, you have got a spot in my heart now. And it just illustrates the fact, look, we can, not everybody doesn't have the uh, uh, same opinions, but it used to be everyone could hang out. He doesn't out. even believe in God. <laughs> it oh, used to be we could hang out and have different opinions and be cool and talk about it. And that's what we just proved here, you godless <laughs> heathens listening to this podcast. <laughs> That's the show, gang. Where do we get the God thing from? Did I for how do we how do we figure that Anthony out? Anthony just said it. Oh, what? Well, his, I I guess like I should spell it out. His name's Pagan. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! You guys have been making dad jokes this entire night. I throw one funny dad reference, and you just ah, goes over funny. your head. It completely did. Thanks for clearing that up, though. That now, <laughs> now what's a youper? A youper, I think, is someone from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, because is that what that is? Maybe because I know people from up there. They call themselves youper, up. So oh, up, yeah, youpers. Yeah. I'm guessing pagan. Let us know. You from Michigan or from the up or some kind of Upper Peninsula? Or maybe that's just his name. It could be a last name, but he definitely. Maybe he's like he goes. You know what? It's actually pronounced pagan. <laughs> You fuck. You know what I say. But I'm just going to let it go. God bless those pagans. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? Oh, if you want to have a fun time, come, oh, on, over, come on over to Really Rug Boy, where uh, I have uh, gone uh, about 50 rounds with the uh, editor-in-chief of uh, Valiant, Valiant Comics. Comics. Uh, I, I guess that they have nothing better to do than argue with a puppet for like uh, 12, 15 hours. Listener, and if, if you want the full... Um, context behind that comment or that that uh, statement there check out our patreon because we we recorded a little bonus he gets it all off his chest it will be on the patreon but check out it, at really rug boy on twitter for an entertaining thread of a try uh, and figure out what's going on because there's so many side conversations there's so many comments to the comments you'll never figure out get everything so it's like netflix's bandersnatch it's, it's a choose your own it adventure really is. it's a it really mystery is. wrapped in a, you could go I, this way i thought i'd read it all nope. in one thread and then the next day i found another thread with the same people involved that wasn't a part of that thread <laughs> you're like, what's going on this one has a different ending oh, what the fuck? Yeah. how did that happen yeah, exactly <laughs> this is what happens when you have a bored guy <laughs> Who's got nothing to do but drink and jerk off? Uh, you can find all the links to everything we talked about, listener, at our show notes and our website, jockandnerd.com slash 358. That's where you can support us, subscribe, and again, make sure, spread the word. Do the Apple Podcast review or just tell a friend. Get him to subscribe. We would appreciate it and be your friends forever. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's we'll the Nerd. We'll next time. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really good. This is going great. Talking nerd. We did it.